Combat, exploration, and roleplay. These are known as the three pillars of play that make every game of Dungeons & Dragons exciting, tense, and rewarding. But we believe there's another pillar to the world's greatest role-playing game, and that fourth pillar is creation. Are you a dungeon master who has always wanted to create your own monsters, execute your own adventures, design your own challenges, spells, classes, and lineages? That is what we here at the fourth pillar of play, a Night Shift radio production, are doing. Learning game design by designing games. We are not professionals. We are enthusiastic amateurs, just like many of you. So join us as we review and discuss information by professional game designers and put theory into practice by creating new worlds, new monsters, and new opportunities for heroic players. I'm Josh. And I'm Talon. Join us at the fourth pillar of play, available wherever you download your podcasts or visit us at www.fourthpillarofplay.com. And we look forward to creating with you. Welcome back to Tipples and Tolkien. We are your hosts. I'm M, And I am Ice. Tell us about the drink, M. What are we drinking this week? We are drinking a cocktail called the Jewel of Khazad-dûm. It is it's nice. I really like it. Um, and a very easy mocktail version, too. Uh, these are all posted on uh, Instagram and Twitter, the recipes. Uh, which you can find. So Twitter is at Tipples Tolkien and Instagram is at Tipples and Tolkien. You might um, see the recipe there for it. And uh, it, it, it doesn't have to be 100%, you know, red grape juice, even just a little bit of regular grape juice will be just fine. It'll still taste very good. Just wanted to reassure you um, because we couldn't find, you know, red grape juice specifically when we made our variant, but it's very good. It's my favorite so far. Next one coming up is uh, is also um, going to be pretty good as well. We uh, we we did a little sort of a, well. M is uh, going to be out of town for a bit, so we did sort of an advanced uh, tasting, and um, yeah, we liked it. <laughs> we're not going to tell you the name yet. No, we're going to be mysterious like that. And today we're going to be talking all about episode three that just came out. Adar. Yes, very, very exquisite episode. Um, really like where they're going with the direction of this show. Um, we saw it together, and uh, yeah, I, I very much enjoyed it. What did you think, Em? I loved it. It was stunning, the whole episode, as the first two were just stunning. So we saw a lot of new stuff. Um, in this episode and uh in and, and <clears throat> some expanding on some stuff which we we already know about um what 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 do you want to what do you want to chat about first i i mean i got i got loads of i could i could talk for hours about all the little things in this episode but what do you want to cover first for sure well well uh, first opening scene, we found out where Aronde went, where the orcs took him. Uh, and, I mean, as you saw, it was kind of like a, a work camp, I suppose, um, where other 
elves and men had been captured and are being uh, basically doing slave labor for the orcs, uh, chopping trees. And building some kind of some kind of larger tunnel system almost as well. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm <clears throat> still curious about that. I, I suppose the orcs are just trying to remain hidden and thus um, pushing into uh, the land that is going to eventually be Mordor. Um, they, they just want to move about underground. Uh, we've never seen orcs do it that way before. As well as uh, I thought it was unique the the slave labor aspect. We we've only ever seen orcs kind of kill and uh, well just overthrow villages, towns, cities. But now they're a little more organized and industrial, and uh, it's a, a different look for sure. Right, are you how are you still feeling about these uh, non CGI orcs? I really like them. I, I, yeah, I think they're great. Um, I just, I just, it makes me very happy still. <laughs> it all being uh, practical effects. But yeah, I thought they looked great. Very creepy. Yeah, I actually learned a little bit of trivia um, after the episode came out. So, you know, that one orc from the Two Towers, the one, yeah, he's, he's very brief. He's the one with like the very pale skin and the like the red eyes you know when you know what about them they're fresh like that orc the actor who played him um played one of these orcs in uh this episode Uh, yeah so i also i uh, this is a really odd fact but their voices sound so much like the orcs from the movies that that cockney accent (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's great i love it <laughs> definitely feels a lot more you know like something we we know and can relate to I, or thinking about it now there really weren't too many orcs in the hobbit that that spoke in that accent and i think they there is really just like the black speech and all the cgi yeah the goblins maybe not kind of ish i don't know we're not we're not here to discuss that though <laughs> Um, yeah, the, uh, the work camp stuff, very interesting. Uh, again, that whole land that they're in right now is eventually going to be Mordor. Just wanted to kind of restate this, uh, to our listeners. Um, we've already seen Orudruin, also known as, uh, Mount Doom in the background of many shots. It's not an active volcano at the moment, but, um, if you look at the map when they're zooming in as well, they they are in what is going to be Mordor. So um, got to see a lot of bits of sulfur laying around too, which I thought was an interesting touch. Also, I what I also liked thinking back on it now was it, it's it's very brief, but when uh, Arondir is tasked with chopping the tree down. Uh, you, you, you can see how hesitant the elves are to partake in this. And, you know, as a, a Sylvan elf, Arandir and his kin are, are very not down to chop down trees. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> they, they don't like messing with nature very much. I was just going to say, I thought it was a very good, strong opening scene. How about that warg, huh? Oh, liked it. Liked it. Very, very, again, creepy. Just, I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. Again, they were creepy uh, in the movies, but I don't know. There was just something a little bit different about this one that felt a little bit, It just, I think maybe because it felt a little bit new, it was just mm. creepy in a different way almost. Uh, very good. Loved it. The sounds it makes mm. were, were like new and... I don't know, the, the ferocity of it, too. It, mm. it was much more feral and just kind of crazy yeah. than what we've seen in the past. Yeah. Also, man, <laughs> in this episode, we haven't seen like a full major battle yet or anything in this show, but Amazon is not holding back with the <laughs> violence. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, there was a couple of times where I kind of like winced and like briefly just like turned away like oh <laughs> i don't, yeah, I don't uh, do good with stuff like that <laughs> believe it or not but hey. they're going they're going hard yeah. and um i mean i'm here's the thing tolkien is not like george rr R. martin in which you know sure in 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 overall context like yeah due to you know wars and kinslings and all kinds of things like yeah lord of the rings was you know, a violent universe. However, like based on things we've already seen, like the movies, as well as Tolkien not going into great graphic detail about <laughs> violent acts in the books, this this was this was definitely a little unexpected. <laughs> but you know, I think considering we haven't seen any major battles or anything like that yet, it's it's just. It's just sort of like a oh here's a, here's here's a teaser for you you know mm. things are gonna get ugly <laughs> <laughs> and we finally after this got to see our first look at Numenor one of the places I've been looking forward to seeing the most did it live up to all of your hopes and dreams I mean so far yes it was beautiful um, absolutely the the shots of it during the day and at night like the big overhead shots were like whoa that's that's mm -hmm. cool <laughs> yeah those first shots like coming in but just oh mm. so so beautiful i really like how they took a lot of inspirations from like byzantine and kind of greco-roman architecture i think mm -hmm. uh, you know based on what's been written uh the style kind of of the island when when it was being written about by Tolkien, it was heavily influenced by those cultures. Just, you know, for people who might be out of the loop, um, I mean, you already know that this show is not supposed to be 100% true to all the written lore. Uh, Galadriel does not actually go to Numenor, but her story, there's, uh, you know, it's been taking uh, an interesting turn and it's, it's kind of illuminating a lot of stuff mm. for us about, you know, histories relationships and you know how the men are you know toward the elves yeah i'm kind of expanding on that a bit so i i like you know i like the direction that they're they're taking with it it's not totally like preposterous to me now halbrand was uh <laughs> oh our boy 
explored quite a lot more this episode and my boy he's a character <laughs> i feel like i'm slowly shifting away from the theory of him being sauron but equally like just as i'm starting to shift away he'll do or say something and i'm like mm, maybe he is still sauron i don't know <laughs> and i just <laughs> yeah there is um, do you like him though? Yeah, I do like him. He's a very interesting character. I just, I still feel very unsure about him, but I do really like how his characters come out mm. a lot more this episode, and we've kind of got to see him interacting with Gladriel more. He's very cheeky. He's very cheeky. <laughs> Definitely a lot of uh, like Sauron. Yeah, no potential qualities. Yeah, the the whole. Well, uh, we both noticed this. We both were like yes. the Leonardo DiCaprio snapping and pointing at the TV meme where he, when he was like really wanting to uh, get into the forge and discuss things with the blacksmiths and stuff, or we're just like, oh, um, mm. he, he has a, uh, well, we, we know he can mm. be uh, a very effective warrior. Um, <laughs> he just took out that, that squad. Uh, like it was nothing, and uh, he's very charming. <laughs> and they managed to to like pretty much. Yes. Uh, he managed to convince yes. the the Numenorean uh, leadership that you know, hey, we can we should be able to stay here. And he bought a whole like a whole round of drinks for the tavern. And when they were at first gonna just jump him, like he's he's a very charming dude and uh, oh what was that thing that was also very uh psychopathic though that you that you caught oh the the incredibly like creepy how he was sat at the table getting really really angry and then just switched like it was zooming in on his like mad face and then he just switched <laughs> and was like smiling and buying the drinks and he, I, oh mm. it was creepy that that quick switch was very yeah, another uh, unsettling. Another potential Sauron candidate now. Now that we've seen a little bit more of Halbrand and what his qualities are, I was very delighted to finally get a reveal of um, what well, we have: Tarmiriel, uh, we have Arfarazon, and Elendil, including his his son Asildur. Elendil mm. uh, and Asildur. I hope you remember them, and not only from Fellowship of the Ring, but from uh, our history episode. Uh, they are going to be very key players in many upcoming events. Elendil's got. I was. I was. <laughs> I was saying this to Em. Um, reminds me a lot of Sean Bean, just sort of in his mannerisms. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like who they pick to portray him. And I'm, I'm very, very curious to see well where things, where things go and how they portray it. There's, there's a couple of, of small things. I'm not going to go into too much detail here that, that don't quite align with some of the, the book characters quite yet. There could be reasons for that, but overall I, I like the, uh, the descriptions so far. There's also what there, I think they introduced, uh, Isildur's sister, AKA Elendil's daughter, who, I don't believe is a like a canon character, but that's that's cool. She seems fine. We did get a mention of Anarion though, and uh, Anarion, while not shown on screen, is Isildur's brother, Elendil's other son, who's uh, very important 
in upcoming events as well. Um, Isildur and Anarion found the Kingdom of Gondor eventually. Yeah, nice little name drop. Oh, and and now we know the sigil reveal mm. of the Hall of... Was it, was it called the Hall of Lore or something? I'd like to spend a lot of time there if possible, please. Did we, did we mention that it might be... Uh, a map in our previous I don't know I know that you and me have discussed mm-hmm. that I can't <laughs> I can't think if we said it I don't know if we did it's uh, I if I if we did we did we're not the dev we're definitely not the ones who predicted anything like that there's been a lot of talk amongst the Lord of the Rings community that hey what if this was like that's Mount Doom and that is you know the end of this mountain range and then this is this man, and people are like, ah, yeah, I guess so, maybe. Well, yeah, no, it turns out it's a map. I will say this kind of, kind of, kind of odd that uh, Sauron would brand a map into somebody after killing them. Like <laughs> we're, we're talking about, you know, um, Finrod, Galadriel's brother, in the, mm. in the very beginning of the show, like. <laughs> But hey, whatever it, it works, you, you know they just want to they want to show you the sigil so that you can remember <laughs> it, and they want to start it off, you know, from an early point in the show. So I get it, I get it. <laughs> but like, man, maybe he thought that the body wasn't going to be found. I don't know. Or maybe he just was like, they're not gonna know what it is. <laughs> it's fine. True, true. There's been a history. I mean, they didn't until just. <laughs> no, you're you're right. There's been a history of like villains in middle earth who have become so proud and prideful like of their of their power that even the most inconceivable things can and do happen to them like i mean just take the hobbits taking the ring to mordor like there is no way in in any chance in any universe in sauron's mind that two tiny hobbits would get all the way to Mount Doom. Like the the thought was completely out of his mind. <laughs> Everyone's mind mostly, but little detail, but I do also like how they included our first look at Nimloth, which is the the white tree. We've spoken about that previously and uh, you already know where it's going to end up in the future. We're not going to spoil for you how it's going to get there quite yet. Oh, I do like how they uh, they gave a little bit of background on Elendil's name. Yes. You know, friend. Yes. It may or may not come into play later on. Mm. Like so many other things. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, after this, we went back to one of my favorites. We went back to the Harfoots. Nori got the page, the constellation on. And I don't know about you, but I all of the scenes with the Harfoots, I just find them also very endearing. And also at the same time, some parts are kind of like a nice comedic relief. I, I teared up a couple of times during this episode over really silly things, but a lot of the interactions with I did <laughs> a lot of the interactions between um Meteor Man and um Nori are very they're very sweet. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, the Harfoots continue to kind of um, be full of surprises, mm. you know, just like the hobbits are to Gandalf or to other creatures of Middle Earth. They're they're quite an interesting crowd. I, I <laughs> found myself, yeah, going back and forth between laughing at like 
some of the the little things when they were when they were talking about like this sounds really bad. <laughs> they were talking about some of the people who were you know had been left behind over the years, <laughs> um, but also like then also feeling you know very sad for like that one character Poppy. She basically lost her her whole family when they were reading off all the names, and it was like whoa. Dang, hidden depths. Was not expecting that. Okay. <laughs> and then, of course, Meteor Man crashes the crashes the whole thing. <laughs> Literally crashes the party. <laughs> that was, he finally speaks yeah. some common tongue as well. That was nice. Yeah. Oh, honestly, mm-hmm. okay. So the first bit that I teared up at was when he was kind of like looking around, really scared, and just like said Nori's name, and I was like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I teared up so much. I was like, that's, oh God, my heart. <laughs> but, yeah. Right. And then he's, and then later on, he's like, friend. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those two completely got me. My eyes were watering so much. I, I don't think, no, I, I feel like it's safe to rule out Meteor Man as Sauron. I think so. I mean, <laughs> I want to say yes. Part like that, that one part of me is also like, or oh, is he just trying to trick us? <laughs> but that is quite a long con. <laughs> yeah, but mostly, I mean, it's Sauron, you know. But yeah, but and, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, but go ahead. I'm, I'm just saying, the the one part of me still wants to hold on to just being wary, but mostly I am like, yeah, I don't think so. This is uh, if it, if it is Sauron, I would be surprised mainly because this. Of of all the cultures and groups of people to have influence over, potential influence, as well as, you know, utilize, he picks a very agrarian, peaceful, and just out-of-the-way hidden kind of tiny culture to land upon. Like, I, I feel like that's that'd be very unlike Sauron, knowing in knowing his history and the people he does deceive in the lore is like, okay, this would be very, out, very, very, very out of the way. Maybe it's a side quest or something. I don't know. But <laughs> a side quest. <laughs> Meteor Man seems very friendly right now. He does. And, um, he he seems a little bit scared, and yeah, I I, I don't think it is him. It's just the. Well, we put up a poll. As we to did. who uh, on our socials, I think it was Instagram and Twitter, who uh, you think Meteor Man is. What were uh, mm. our results from that Oof, overall? Like um, the highest, what was the highest rated one? I think, well, on Twitter, at least 38% of people believe it's Sauron. In very close second place, 37% believe it's someone else. Mm. Only 25% yeah. of people think it's a blue wizard. I think. From what I remember, I can't find the results from Instagram, which is That's frustrating. Fine. But um, from what I remember, the um, Instagram poll was similar. Um, it was more people were voting for Blue Wizards, but mm. Blue Wizard and Sauron were very close. A couple of people voted for someone else. Um, but I think the highest votes on Instagram was for a Blue Wizard. I, I still believe it's it's one of the Blue Wizards. I well. do too. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. I'm definitely. 
I'm pretty convinced it's probably one of them. I also got a few, I put up um, a question box kind of saying, who do you think it is? I got a couple saying um, Gandalf and one saying Saruman. Um, Interesting choices. Well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Saruman um, is not completely out of the way. And even so in the lore, yeah, blue wizards arrived in Middle Earth in the second age. Um, Saruman and Gandalf and Radagast were in the third age. The only reason I don't think it's Gandalf, um, is because it is, it is very well known that Gandalf, when he first arrives, he arrives at the Grey Havens and he meets a character known as Círdan the Shipwright. And from Círdan, he receives, um, the Ring of Fire, which is one of the three elven rings. He well, Gandalf uses this ring um, in a way to to spread his own positive influence, as well as kind of act as like well, um, basically a beacon of hope, and uh, it, it channels his his power to restore hope and um, to the peoples of Middle Earth. So that's like a very crucial Gandalf kind of feature. Mm. Granted, it still could be Gandalf. Um, and there, this is just their own interpretation of, you know, how he came to be in middle earth and, and whatnot. But, uh, I really would like it to be a blue wizard. <laughs> yeah, I would as well. I would hmm. want to see him ex- expand <laughs> on people who haven't gotten any screen time yet. When Mewtwo Man arrived now, I apologize. The name escapes me. There is a lot of names to try and remember um but it's one of the halfots that the halfot that has like the book with all the stars and stuff in mm, yeah um you know who I mean? yeah yeah I, I can never remember his name um he so when they were having this like conversation about meteor man um he made a comment and um said oh well i've i've heard of beings turned into stars but never the other way around. I like mm. that again. Mm. The subtle nods. It's it's a it's a little subtle lore reference to. Um, there's a character known as Edendil, and uh, Edendil was um, one of the greatest heroes of the first age. And uh, if you remember from the Lord of the Rings movies, there's this little glass vial that Galadriel gives Frodo. It says here, "This is the light of Edendil." Our most beloved star. Well, this character in the first age um, was a guy who basically um, had his ship kind of magically blessed by the Valar. And this ship did not sail on the water anymore after it was blessed by the Valar. It it sailed in the sky and uh, it was very instrumental in defeating Morgoth. And as a result, he became a star in the sky to guide people. Oh, it, was, it was nice that that you you caught that too. But yeah, the uh, what I'm, I'm curious to see when when that uh, that warg or wolf is going to appear again because we saw that Ooh, in the first episode, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. it is making me want. I don't know. I, it, I'm st- I'm still very curious to see. It probably is just a wolf, but or if it's a werewolf, right? Yeah, I like it. Mm. Probably is. I'm probably just like ooh. Getting too excited, thinking hey, like, "Oh, what could it be?" But it, pro- it probably is a war, a, mm. a warg. 
I mean, it, if it does reappear, maybe it will be a glimpse of if if Meteor Man is a Maiar of some sort, whether he be Sauron or one of the wizards, it will hopefully give us sort of a, a glimpse um, into what their their power is. If they have to defend what what's their last name again? The is it Proud Fellow? No, I, no that's Poppy's family. Um, uh, uh, it's not well, no, 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 Nori. Is it Brandyfoot? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, yes. <laughs> when when you know they're at the back of the the caravan now, so mm-hmm. this will be a chance for. <laughs> For blue wizard slash meteor man to you know <laughs> show off his skill, perhaps yes. when the when the wolves eventually come yeah. back, yeah, maybe get the trust of some of the halfots mm. a little bit, or scare the scare oh, the crap out of them. Oh, scare them! <laughs> yeah, that too. Even more so. <laughs> Hopefully not. But yeah, um, mm. yeah, been been enjoying the direction they're still continuing to take. And weaving in uh, their own tale through all of the lore we already know. Mm. And um, there's been, yeah, since the first two episodes have come out, um, yeah, there's been controversy. Uh, and, and only really on the reviewing the show front. There hasn't been like actual right. controversy. There's There's been a lot of people online who are struggling to realize that this is an adaptation and it's not supposed to be completely down to the letter. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the films are just adaptations. Yeah. So because of that, they've gotten very angry. They've been review bombing. They've been telling everybody it's hot garbage. And while they're entitled to their own opinion, it, it led to some weird stuff about I think Amazon suspended reviews for a few days uh, as a result, and eh, a lot of articles have been posted. I haven't ma- wasted my time reading them. What's important is that is if you enjoy it, then you enjoy it, and that's what matters. Mm-hmm. If you enjoy it enough to keep listening, uh, we are definitely enjoying it. If you enjoy <laughs> it enough to keep wanting to listen to us talk about it as well, then I mean that's even better, and <laughs> we appreciate you for that. Thank yes, you very much. <laughs> We found out that Halbrand is a king. There's been theories already made about this once it was, you know, revealed that he was a king. Uh, people have been doing that again, that Leonardo DiCaprio snap, look at the TV kind of thing. And people are saying that instead of him being Sauron, he could he could potentially be the king of the dead. In case you're like, who the heck is the king of the dead? Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Aragorn goes under the mountain with Legolas and Gimli. Uh. And recruits them to fight for him to fulfill their oath. The, this this king and his people, they swore an oath to a sealed door, you know, long ago, saying that when called upon, they would come to the aid of Gondor. And when a sealed door called on them, they did not come. They rejected it. And thus, a sealed door cursed them for the rest of their days until they held the oath fulfilled. We're seeing right now how Brand, you know, is revealed to be a king, according to him. And he's running away from his people. So mm. 
foreshadowing maybe very interesting i didn't even think about that i, didn't I, I will say the only thought <laughs> i had watching it i was like oh could he be somebody that maybe later on receives one of the rings that too we've just found out he's a king very king. yeah very well could be one of those too i it's what's great about this show is it's that there's so many seeds to work with mm, of, of yeah. characters and things we know in the future that are going to happen in the future that, you know, it could be any one of these people. Well, not yeah. any one of them. There's we already know how some of them are going to turn out. But like, yeah, a lot of a lot of potentials. The last part in Numenor is that we saw. Well, we didn't see the the old king of Numenor mm. was um, well, he was in the tower. And we had earlier heard that he had kind of almost been exiled and he had been forced to step down for being friends with the elves. Mm. And um, Muriel said, um, like, oh, the moment we feared has come, the elf has arrived, which, uh, interesting. Mm. Going to be hopefully diving into that more in the next episode featuring Mm. Numenor. Um, All I'll leave you with right now. there's two terms. I, I don't know if they're going to use them in the show or not, but um, when it comes to the history of Numenor, there's the faithful and the king's men. Listen for those terms. Hopefully they'll be using them. But mm. yeah, the king, um, yeah, I think, I believe, as far as I remember, he is uh, on the side of the faithful. So we will find out more about that. I like that little teaser there though. Yeah, I did as well. Mm-hmm. We oh. we kind of got a glimpse of a dart who Oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> <laughs> who is it Sauron or not? We don't know right now. And we didn't really see his face. Great point. Yeah, the mm. the episode is named after him after all. Yeah. Um could be Sauron. Would be kind of surprising if it is. Mm-hmm. But uh Yeah. Other potential candidates could be the future Witch King of Angmar or the Mouth of Sauron. And if you don't know who the Mouth of Sauron is, go watch the extended edition of Return of the King and you'll find out. (laughs) There's a lot to explain about him. I'm not going to go too into depth. But (laughs) yeah, um, Adar means father. But yeah, we didn't, it didn't quite see his face so i'm looking forward to next week's episode i reckon we'll uh actually maybe see him i think i hope so before we uh before we end this episode um we had some questions submitted to us by a couple of people and uh wanted to just in case maybe some of you had these questions on your mind as well uh wanted to answer them while we were recording this uh first question is from my friend c mori he said the character Lord Celebrimbor, Elrond calls him a great elfsmith. Any chance he is the one who makes glam during an orchestra from the Hobbit book? So, um, long story short, um, most likely not. Celebrimbor is an extraordinary elven smith. Um, most likely was not the one who forged those swords specifically in the First Age realm of Gondolin. But he comes from great nobility and... He has extraordinary smithing skills as a result. Even if it wasn't him specifically who forged them, uh, he is really, really talented at what he does. So, brief answer to that question. (laughs) (laughs) So, second question from Simari 
is, could it be that the meteor man is trying to find his way to Mount Doom? Whether good or bad character, he has a prophecy that is the place where the where things are going down. Sorry, got my words very muddled up then trying to read that. Um, I mean, very possibly. Um, see, this we, we don't know too much right now, but I mean, it's very possible. Um, it kind of currently depends on, I suppose, who Meteor Man is. Uh, if, if he was Sauron, then yes. <laughs> um, which we are, of course, swaying away from. I, I think that was, uh, is very insightful, actually. Uh, if it is one of the Istari, one of the blue wizards, and there maybe were told by the Valar, like, yeah, Sauron is gonna, you know, he, he's gonna be doing stuff like this. Look, look for where, look for where all the fire is going to be like, Hey, where's the fire? You know, <laughs> cause he, cause like we said in the last episode, um, he was kind of asking, uh, the Harfoots like, where is fire? Mm-hmm. So yeah, great insight there. Mm-hmm. We'll find out and see if that's what he was actually asking him mm-hmm. about. But yeah. Thank you. See Maury for the questions for us. I got one more and, uh, this is from my mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who introduced me to Lord of the Rings, so thanks for that, Mom. Let's see here. Where is the island of Numenor? Is it off the western coast of Middle-earth? I didn't remember it was an island. How did they get to and from the mainland with all their armies? So it was revealed to us this week um, where it is now. It is off the western coast of Middle-earth. Depending on whatever map you're looking at, if it's like a map from the Lord of the Rings era then it's not going to be on the map. It, it won't be close enough to see because it's kind of out in the ocean. It is off the western coast of Middle-earth. And as we've seen in this episode now, the Numenorians are very skilled seafarers and have um, become very adept at getting to and from places quickly by ship. So right now we're seeing them in this isolationist state so they're not going back and forth from middle earth they're kind of keeping to themselves but if they were to return to middle earth it would be by way of ship so yeah thanks for the thanks for the question there mom she also asked me who meteor man is but uh <laughs> we still don't know <laughs> thanks again for sitting with us and listen to us <clears throat> listening to us talking about the show and geeking out a little bit we hope you enjoyed it and we hope you enjoyed the jewel of Kazadoom as well we will uh see you next week for our next episode and in the meantime you can find us on social media uh instagram is once again at tipples and tolkien and twitter is at tipples tolkien indeed indeed have a great rest of your week see you next time